Hey everyone, and welcome back to Books with Spice, please. I'm Al. And I'm Katie, and in this week's episode, we're going to be wrapping up the Devil's Night series by briefly reviewing Conclave and going over Nightfall by Penelope Douglas. And we're going to give you all the dirty deeds. So this will be wrapping us up on this series, pretty much. There's one more after this. It's just a novella, and I we think it's it's Christmas themed, right? You keep reminding me that it's Christmas themed. Fire Night, I believe, is like a yeah Christmas themed novella. So we talked about maybe bringing that one back up around the holiday season, like on a live or something. If you guys are interested, so around that time we'll bring that back up again. But for now, I think we're just done with this series. Yes, this is going to be our conclusion. And yeah, we'll see. We'll see if we do Fire Night. <laughs> so, if you're listening to this episode, I'm assuming that you've listened to the last two episodes. Or three, right? We have three whole ass we episodes have... on the series already. Yeah. Or you've at least read the books, you know. We're not going to be doing quite the deep dive we had. With the other previous three, we're going to just be quickly wrapping them up and telling you guys what we liked or didn't like about these books. Right, but I was just going to be talking about the trigger warnings and stuff. Like, people have... Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, them jumping <laughs> the gun here. We're going to do the trigger <laughs> warnings. Tell us about the trigger warnings, Al. <laughs> yes, I was like, we've all been here. This is the end of the series, so we know what the triggers are. I don't think anything gets much worse in this book. In comparison to the themes of the last three. No. There isn't anything major that happened that I was like, wow, that's new for this series. I think Killswitch was probably the darkest in the sense that it was revolved around statutory rape. And that's like the reason Damon was sent to jail. This one has abuse, however... There's domestic violence between an older brother and the, his sister. Yes. So okay, that good. is that should be noted. That should be noted. There you go. Trigger warning. That is new. Actually, I'm glad that you brought that up because I completely forgot. Yeah, Which it has disclaimer. Important. Disclaimer. <laughs> it's been more than a month since we finished these books. So. <laughs> Don't call us out. Don't call us out. Uh, gotta call us out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, okay yes so that is just straight up she yeah so got, okay abuse. let's just let's go okay let's go with the content warning we'll go ahead and give it like there's bullying of course there's the mild violence and then there's domestic violence slash abuse so yeah okay and onwards yes so this book was like if you count, so Conclave was three hours long, a little novella, and Fire Night, or I keep calling it Fire Night, it's Nightfall, 20 hours long, which was so long, like, they just kept getting longer. It was ridiculous, honestly. I don't remember page numbers, but I'm pretty sure um, Nightfall was fucking 712 pages, or really close to 700 pages. Right, it was so long. It really was. It was absurd. It was absolutely absurd. <laughs> but I read the whole thing. Read the whole thing. And now we are here to talk about it. Remember, we are an 18 plus podcast. 
And from now on, spoiler warning. Do, 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 do. So to, the characters in this book, same as the last girls. We get our new love interest in Nightfall. That is Emery. We're also going to see more of Misha from 57, which is another book by Penelope Douglas. Misha is Lil's cousin, so he's in it a little bit. He's in Conclave quite a bit, actually, but yeah. Right. Conclave was super short. I'm going to sum up Conclave. Will is missing. Misha is helping the horsemen try to find him. They're all coming together worried. The horsemen and the girls, right? Because the girls are a huge part of it now. Yeah, they're basically the same, you know? They're the same. It's mostly Enrica's point of view, and she is becoming a boss lady, and everyone else is having babies. Boss babe! <laughs> right. Rika can pregnant. She's devastated. Doesn't care. We're gonna have kids no matter what. Hey, and- hey, back up for a second. She reveals that to Michael in front of everybody, though, so that was like, wow. And it Kai was- had known. Okay, so that moment was really intense because she really could not just tell Michael. No. And there's been hints of them playing games even before Conclave. Like, they're not talking completely. Mm-hmm. They've been kind yeah. of distanced. Right. And, like, even their sex is, like, teasing and she's keeping things from him and stuff like that. And so, like, that's been kind of a running theme. And then all of a sudden she's going to drop truths in front of everybody because she just can't do it in front of him mm-hmm. she's so worried but yeah and then the, it just ends and they don't know where will is and they're not too worried about it well they're kind of worried what do you mean they're not too worried about it they weren't too worried about it at the end like they were like he's been gone for a while to figure out where he is and then it just kind of like ends like they're they like have a plan there. Yeah, yeah. They're like, we'll we'll find them. We'll bring them back. Yeah, like, they're not too worried, like, but they are going to find him. Because it was obviously more of a device to move this Michael and Rika thing for some reason. Like, I I don't know. Michael and Rika already had their story, so I guess having a little novella for them partway makes sense. Especially since they had had some dialogue before that was interesting. Well, well the, the novella is in... Damon's point of view and Enrique's point of view too. Right. So it starts off with like Damon and we find out that he and Winter are having another baby. Baby number two is already on the way. And then it goes to Rika's point of view after they decide to all meet up on the yacht to discuss future plans and finding Will. Yes. So that's pretty much it. That sums up the book. Like there's a weird sex scene with <laughs> Lev and Michael and Rika, I don't know. <laughs> that felt really weird to me. But it was there. It was a thing. You can read about it. I'm not going to tell you about it. I guess I'm not well, giving you all the dirty deeds today. <laughs> <laughs> there was... Okay, but wasn't that when they all had sex in that room together? Did they all have sex in that room? I think so, because Damon, like, came in and was like, "Don't I don't ever want to see my sisters in some weird freaky that- sex orgy shit was later on in nightfall on the train was it it was off yes the train. because emery emery <laughs> was there and alex was there and then rika like that wasn't that wasn't then i, I was think shook. yeah it, <laughs> yeah okay yes let's get it okay so let's go into nightfall so we can get to that scene and talk about that more in depth because i've got some quotes i think yes okay so nightfall this is will's story we finally get to his story 
just starting this book, I was like, why is it over 700 pages long? Why? I don't know. There was a lot of repeating. Like, I, disclaimer, I already have, like, a hard time with series and staying interested, but this series especially, I probably wouldn't have gone back to, honestly, if it weren't for our podcast. Same. It just repeats itself a lot, and we already know a lot of the story of, like, the original Devil's Night, and we go over it over and over and over again, and we only learn, like, a smidge, a little little slither, sliver of a new detail each time. But we go through the whole night, the whole night, piece by piece, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I don't know. No, you're right. Centered around this one night that happened all these years ago and they keep bringing it up over and over again and you do like only get a little slice but you do get more character details and like relationship pieces but i feel like their relationships they get their these pieces and they grow but they always have like this weird tension between the characters no matter what do you know what i mean oh yeah a little bit like these men i'm just gonna say it (laughs) they are ridiculous they're so fucked up i mean okay that was a little bit harsh katie but they're all they're like they i saw amen on tiktok compare them to like these boys who peaked in high school and wear these masks to try and be scary and i'm like yeah that's basically it and they can't take any accountability for anything that they've done that has landed them in jail and blame these girls for absolutely everything and it makes me want to scream it makes me want to scream. Right. And with that, I would add that, like, Damon is the only one that really has any real trauma. If you look at it, Michael has some tension with his dad. Will doesn't is has a good life with his family. And Kai has a good life with his family. It's only Damon that has all these crazy issues. So why are they all so weird? Why are they so weird? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I they peaked Damon. in high school and they just can't get past it. So now they're going to also just take over the whole town. Exactly. World domination. Thunder Bay first. I don't know. I didn't see anything super attractive about any of them. Like nothing got me like, wow, he's hot. You know, they're all kind of assholes. Kai's the nicest. Will is the same, I guess I would say. He's not as cold as Kai can be, I feel like. I have no idea what people like about Michael. I liked Michael in the beginning. It's so funny because I read Devil's Night and I liked it a lot at the time. But like looking back at it now, I'm like, I don't know. Michael and Rika are the most like annoying characters in the series. Right. They are Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. So edgy and cool, you know? <laughs> A blonde Megan Fox. Blonde, blonde Megan Fox, yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah. I don't know. They're they're just they're just annoying. Yeah, it's interesting like why the the more we went into it, I was just like, why? Why? Yeah. So let's talk about like how this story starts off. It starts off with Emery waking up in a room that is unfamiliar to her and she figures figures out that she's at Black Church, which in this series is this kind of prison for rich heirs so that their family can send them away and not have to worry about them anymore like embarrassing them and for some reason when will first sees her she tells him that she wished she'd never met him and it's very clear that the feeling is mutual and he thinks to himself i quote nine years nine years and i still wanted to fuck her only now i wouldn't give her sweet and gentle shit had changed 
I was honestly so disappointed that we did not get Sweet and Gentle Will. I know. I thought we were going to. I thought we were going to. We spent all this time hyping up Will being this sweet boy who's like, I just, I imagined him having this tender, sweet love story with Alex. Even like, you know, I knew that it was supposed to go back to the Devil's Line thing and blah, blah, blah. And it was some girl. I knew that there was some girl who had an issue and they beat up that cop and it was because of the girl and it was probably going to be with this random girl. But I imagined at least it would be loving. Also, can we talk about how the series did Alex dirty? Like, I felt like she deserved so much better from the way that she started off off as a side character. I felt like she became more like a main character of the book, like more like a horseman who deserved like more than what she got in the end. Yeah, it was very briefly glossed over, too. She's in the family now by the end of the book. Yeah. So their relationship, too, was kind of confusing to me, like the way that he fell in love with her. I couldn't understand, like, the moment that they first started falling for each other. I couldn't grasp that. I don't feel like it was... I don't know. I The way it came across in the book was, like, it was instant love for Will when we first saw Emery. Like, she's just this poor Jewish girl. It's almost grumpy sunshine-esque. Will being the sunshine. And this line Will tells her all the time was, we want what we want. Is used a lot, and that's his reasoning for wanting Emery. Like, you know? She's kind of got that ugly duckling thing going, too, where she's like, where's glasses? Yeah, it's like the popular hot guy wants the quiet, nerdy girl. Yeah. Just because he wants what he wants. Right. Oh my god, you're right, exactly. And it was really awkward, because it it really is no reason. No, I felt like they had, like, the least backstory moment, like, how they knew each other and, like, how, you know, they met. We didn't really figure out how they met other than, like, high school, but we don't know if it's, like, an event or what, what, you know? He was always so nice and easygoing. She never gave him what he wanted. She was on the edges with him, and people weren't usually like that with him. And Mm -hmm. that's what, like, kept his interest, I think. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. It was interesting because, like, you have Michael who knew her, knew Rika when she was born. Then you have Kai who met this mystery girl, aka Banks, through that church when they were talking through the screen or whatever. And then he discovers her, like, it's a whole thing to figure out who she is. And, like, they develop this relationship. And then you have Damon and Winter who had known each other when they were younger, too, because of their parents and they were at a party together. This whole thing. This whole thing. Right, they have that tragic accident. Mm-hmm. But there was like nothing for Emery and Will. Just like, oh, they go to school together. I don't know. There wasn't as much backstory that we got for those two. I feel like much history, as much history, I should say. Right, and so Will is like trying to open her up all of this time, and she's being really closed off. Yeah. So there's this whole thing in high school. He's constantly trying to, like, ease his way into her life. And she's closed off. She's going through a lot at home. So it's hard for her. I'd understand. Like, I understand why it's hard for her to up to anyone, let alone Will, who's, like, the complete opposite of her. Right. They've been messing with her, too, because her brother is a cop who gives them shit all the time. And so they take out their frustrations with him on her. Yeah, so she gets bullied by all the students at the school and kind of that, like. Yeah, she's also there on scholarship and, like, on a, I think, like, a work study thing. Like, she has to do some work for the school so she can attend at a 
lower rate. Something like that. Yeah. So, like, an example, too, of their bullying is that she's on the swim team or for a little bit. She's in the pool swimming. And Damon fucking tried to drown her. He almost killed her in the pool. Right. Like, he was in the water already. She didn't know. And she, he, like, held her down. And I was like, oh, my God. What a psycho. And they think they're so funny, too. I know. Reminded me of the heirs in Zodiac Academy. <laughs> yeah. I know. Okay. And then she was, like, there swimming, just trying to get peace to herself. And then she's harassed. Yeah. They do a lot of taunting. I mean, it's a there's lots of bullying. Um, a little less done by Will. But what I found really interesting was, like, Damon connected the dots first about Emery's abuse. Way before. And then he didn't tell anybody else about it. Right. So I He was very worried about that, losing Will though. Listen, that's something that I was thinking about today is how Damon treats Banks growing up, how she needs to be less feminine and not do womanly things and you know, being a woman basically like is so easy to be tainted is how Damon was raised, right? But there's just like that piece of him that seems to really respect women. This thing with Emery was like he really he saw that she was being beat, and he it like I think that that gave him a level of respect for her in his eyes. Yeah, but I want to back up for a second because I don't think Damon necessarily respected women in high school. No, not in high school. I don't mean like he doesn't respect women in general. Oh, I thought you said that he did respect women. I was like, ah. No. And he has a really good reason not to. Right. I think the women that he does respect, they have to, like, earn it. Like, they have to prove it. And that's the things that, like, Banks and Rika and Alex and Emery, like, they're all earning. And Winter, they earn his trust. And they earn and prove that women are not what Damon thinks they are. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they yeah. break out of this mold that Damon thinks that women are, which I think is kind of toxic. Well, yeah. I don't want to judge Damon too harshly now that I've read his story. He's still, his story's still my favorite out of the the five that we read. No, I'm not judging Damon. I just mean in general, like, that mess, like, that mentality kind of and behavior and, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is sad and not, like, like that really sucks. And, if, and, and people who, people, anyone who would, like, like it's I don't know the idea that women that act in one way are less than women who like prove that they're stronger you know what I mean it's like the women that are proving that they're stronger thing it's almost like this put the women on the pedestal that prove that they're different than the other women or something like that oh okay I can see where you come where you come from that's what I'm trying to say Mm -hmm. I I understand where Damon is coming from and I totally get the story that he has and his opinions and his beliefs. But I think the overall books and the overall story is like these, these strong women in the, that are in the story are also like by the men in the care of the books are also like saying the these girls are so different than other girls and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's just the whole books, the whole reason why they're following Rika around, you know, they're, 
she's different. She's, you know, blonde. She's, you know, innocent. She doesn't know that she's so beautiful, but she does know and it's dirty and, oh, she doesn't know. And it's like, I don't know. There's just a piece of that that just is like, is that, what is that? Is that just romance novel? I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's Douglas. Because oh. there's a lot of books that I've read that aren't like, this girl is better than this girl for this reason. It was very big, too, when we were growing up. Like, as teenagers, reading those young adult books that are like, I'm not like other girls trope. Right. Like It bothers me. I know. Me, too. There is just something about it where I was just like, why is Rika so annoying and why do they like her so much? Like, what? She's she's amazing because of what? Like, you all have all these weird excuses that makes you... I don't know. Winter's definitely my favorite out of all the girls. I liked Winter. Emery's next, I think. I don't know. I really liked Banks. Yeah, Banks was pretty cool. But damn, Rika, so annoying. Yeah. Um, back to Nightfall. We should talk a little bit about Black Church because, sure enough, that's where everybody is. Will, where Emery is, and the other boys, Menace. They all seem to be in their 20s as well, all heirs of rich people, in there for different reasons, all of them. And some of them are really, really fucking disturbing. Like Taylor, I think his name was, was in there for setting fires and then taking at like um sorority houses and then when the females would try to escape he would take like the last ones and molest them rape them yeah it was fucked up so he was definitely one of the more dangerous men there like this whole thing was lord of the flies they had no idea where they were they were on an island they didn't have meat so they'd have to go hunt for their own meat and there was like this hierarchy of the men there and it was kind of ran by Aiden at the top who is I really wanted to like him. It was weird how it was all of a sudden Alex had a weird love interest out of It did connect it made the connection from the past book how Alex had talked about in Conclave about how she'd gotten into her line of work as being an escort in her first time performing for somebody else, which was her roommate's boyfriend. And it turned out to be Aiden, we find out, in Nightfall. And I was just like, oh my god, are you kidding me? But I really wanted to like him. His character was very interesting to me. I thought he was really interesting too. And it, I liked that Emery kind of trusted him. Yeah, he, I think at one point, she compares him as a father figure in the sense that he gave her guidance. And she never got that growing up. Yeah. Because so her parents had passed away and his her awful older brother basically raised her since, from the time she was really young. Pretty young, like 10 or somewhere between 10 and 13 years old, I can't remember. And he like beats her up. Yeah, Martin is horrible. He's disgusting. He's absolutely revolting. Um, He's their grandmother against her to keep her quiet. Mm-hmm. And he's her, a cop. And he's a cop. You know what they say, ACAB. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> like, you want to talk about police for a second? 
Like, oh, is this when Books of Spice goes political? We're gonna go political for just for a quick second, but <laughs> it's just like the statistics are horrible for the amount of domestic violence, especially towards wives or girlfriends in the police concerning police are um it's like 60 something percent and in fact i have a neighbor who was discharged from the police force like within this last year for beating up his girlfriend so not really hard to believe you know Mm-mm. it's the same for military members too service members and officers that work at prison there's their families get it's anyone in those kinds of high stress badge jobs. Yeah, it's kind of fucked up. Yeah, it is. It's really fucked up. But yeah, Martin is just your fellow piece of shit. Like he's disgusting. It doesn't just end either with Emery. The way he fucking plotted to make sure Emery couldn't speak out against him and he was pretty much why the reason why the horsemen's fathers couldn't pay for them to not take jail time. So Yeah, he had it all set up. He had it all set up. Like it was really fucked. He used her pictures of her abuse that he did to her to blackmail her. Mm-hmm. She, Cause she had been taking evidence photos of her abuse with the Polaroid and hiding the photos behind the books that he kept giving her as gifts when he would abuse her. And when she moved out, she left them there. And when he was moving her stuff, he found it. And then it was like, she was going to go to school, right? And the season was ending. Everything was ending. And he was like, if you don't and like sign off that you've been abused by the horseman, because he's using those photos to say that the horseman did it. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. She was, And she knew that Will, and because Will still didn't know. He yeah. didn't find out for so long. So then Will had blamed Emery the whole time. That's why he he holds so much against her in the beginning. And is like, I'm not your friend here at Black Church. And he like refused to help her because he knew that she, he thought she was the reason that they all went to jail. And yeah, so he that's why he was he was all pissy and didn't help her out as much as he could have when she first got to black church where was this loving will that i was promised this whole time i know we only got glimpses of him when he was in high school and then like he sees her again and he's like nah you're the one that sent me to jail but like they're so bitter about whoever sent them to jail they don't even know that's what i'm saying they didn't take accountability for any of their actions Mm-mm. Which was really frustrating. It's just these fucking white rich boys getting away with whatever they want and then getting mad at others when, you know, they didn't and get it. So many people go to jail. Like, it's not that big of a deal. There's just, like, I, I mean, it is a big deal. Jail's like a hard place to be in, right? So, like, I well, get it, but also, like, <laughs> like I don't know. Like, you do your time and you move on. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, Will really needed therapy. The poor boy. They all needed therapy. They all <laughs> needed therapy. <laughs> I'm like rubbing my eyebrows right now. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> They're too busy working out. Fencing. Working out. Trying to take over Thunder Bay. 
Like, that's their whole plan. Is they want to rule the town. For what? For what? What do they need don't already have? That's the thing, too. Like, I don't like... I mean, call me bitter, sure. But I don't like rich people, especially when they use this privilege in the way that they do. Like, that's, that's fucked up. Right. Like, I don't know. Constructing fountains and tree houses. A new man who's scraped his own money from his own bootstraps. And I'm like, he wasn't in high school. He was just as privileged. Exactly. But also, yeah. I'm like, okay, Winter Ashby, though, is rich. So it doesn't really matter. She had money, yeah. And of course, his business instantly takes off and does really well. And then, like, it's just, they're just rolling at it. Oh, yeah, he's just an amazing designer. That's just natural to him, obviously. Damon could do basketball and design fountains and treehouses. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> saying that basketball players couldn't do those things. I'm just saying, like, he didn't go to school for it. It just all of a sudden he has a business doing this, and it's like you said, it just all of a sudden is taking off, and he just knows how to do these things. It just is happening, you know? That's yeah, it's mean. very interesting. Anyway, I don't know. If he had gone to like design school and like architect school and like, or you know, had taken a class or, like, knew somebody. Like, if there was more to it than just, oh, yeah, we've, we're booked up on fountains and tree houses. And Damon always wants everything to be perfect. So he has to be at every job site. And it's just like, okay, cool. Like, how did he get there? Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot. Okay, so let's, <laughs> let's talk about something cool that we kind of liked. Well, at least I kind of liked. The history of Thunder Bay. Oh, yeah, that old basketball player. Yeah, so there's, like, apparently, we get more info on the history in this book of Thunder Bay. The, I can't remember their names, and I didn't write it down. But, like, these group of teens were pretty much the original horsemen, I felt like. And they, like, Michael, Kai, Damon, and Will all idolized them. And that's where they're, that Will got the line, we want what we want, because one of the horsemen, like, original i'm gonna call them the og horsemen fell for a girl you know yeah <laughs> i don't know i don't know we... that was that line was used in the story will was telling emery yeah but like there's this whole mystery about this group of people and whether or not one of the og horsemen pushed a woman off of the cliff right right and then this person was found in the water correct correct me here if i'm wrong because i like i'm just going based off of memory here but then there was like a note saying that but he supposedly left this note saying that he did it he did push the girl but then people are like what if somebody set him up and then at the very very end of our book here we find out that one of the men mentioned in this OG horseman story was Will's grandpa. Yeah. Who is the rich senator and who had been working with Will this whole time to that Will was in Black Church. Like Black like Will sent himself to Black Church with his grandfather's help and support. Like he was under he was he had a mission the whole time. Yes, he was out to get Aiden. Yeah, it was it was it was interesting. The whole thing, like it was very Lord of the Flies and like 
I don't know. More hidden tunnels in the walls. Mm-hmm. And secret passageways and another big giant fancy house out in the middle of nowhere. There's another fucking similarity. Like, yeah, I've heard this before. Back in Kai's story, a more hidden house like like, okay, great. Can we get can we get something new? Can we get something new? Yeah. It's just the same thing. Different people, different place. And of course, once they escaped out of there, I knew that the other guys were going to find out where they escaped from and that they were going to end up in town. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, we knew that was... Yeah. Um, Alex had been in Black Church the whole fucking time that Emery was and had been hiding in between the walls and shit and finally like reveals herself to Emery. And they had already known each other because they had met somehow. Like, I don't know. It, it was it was the whole thing. It was weird. And then she saw Aiden, and then that's how we get to, like, the story about how Aiden was the man Alex had been telling Rika about in Conclave. And then there's, like, a group scene. There's, like, three group scenes in this. Yeah. This book. And there's normally, I think, one in the other other two. There was other one three. in Conclave, too, right? Yeah, the group scene with Lev. Group scenes. And then, like... <sighs> Yeah, but I think each, what I mean is, like, each of the other Devil Knight book has only one in each of their stories, but this one has three. So, like, in the same room with Rory. I think Rory's boyfriend's name's Micah. Micah, yeah. Thank you for reminding me. I couldn't remember his name. Will and Emery. Emery, like, Will's going down on Emery. And it's in the same room as Rory and Micah. They're, like, blowing each other, I think. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time they kind of have, like, an intimate moment since she had been in Black Church. And then there's the scene where Aiden and Alex are having sex at the same time as Will and Emery. And it gets really fucking weird. Aiden makes it really weird. It was so... I was... I know. They were in the shower, and Will and Emery are, like, having an intimate moment for the first time since they had seen each other as children, basically. Because before he like was and now it's like they're doing it. And then Aiden and Alex are doing it and like Alex is really kinda of weirded out and Aiden is like really weird. People are like finally getting comfortable. Aiden starts getting the fuck in their heads and he's like Say Will's name. <laughs> like Oh my god times that you guys were together and all this stuff wasn't he saying that kind of stuff yeah like he was getting really i don't know it seemed fine at first and then it was like the snap of a finger and it was like say will's name and then will got soft i think alex started crying yeah it was fucked up it was fucked up marie was like i was so glad that will went soft because i would have been really upset if my partner if that was oh like i just there's just there's so much there's so much going on way too much going on i don't know i couldn't be upset at my partner but still i just i don't even know i just my feelings got the man telling his partner to say somebody else's name another man's name then you've got her following through and saying his name meanwhile said man is right next to them fucking another girl and it's so I don't know. It was really fucked up. And then 
Yeah. I don't know. Because and then, Will and Alex, this is when we should talk about Will and Alex's relationship because they have such a strong connection. It was really kind of weird reading, like listening to this book, especially at the beginning, because it was like, I would root for Will and Alex if Emery wasn't around. Like, what's the point of honesty when we could have Alex here saving Will and having this moment with Aiden and trying to like, you know, wrestling these parts of her lives. Instead, we have Emery in this confusing plot like line of these girls that love Will and Will loving these girls. And who does he want to be with forever? Emery. Forget Alex. Yeah, and then Alex almost dies and ends up with Aiden. And Aiden is like a super weirdo. suddenly changes and is able to like get it together enough to be worthy of Alex and a part of the crew. So that was a little bit much for me. I was like, no. Backing up, though, to another, before I get into that close-death experience, the third group scene I did want to mention was, like, on the train when the horsemen and the girls finally get to the island. They do it by train. It's an old train, like a steam train. They, like, rescue them, set the house on fire. They take Rory and Michael with them. Taylor and Aiden are stuck on the island still, the house burning on fire when they leave. And, like, while they're on the train, this huge orgy breaks out, yeah. excluding Damon and Winter. And that's that's the that's when you're like, yeah, that's when um Damon punched Will or whatever. It was intense. Yeah, that whole thing was weird because, like, they were watching Emery and Alex. Yeah. This is when I feel like Penelope Douglas just, like, had a checklist of all these things she wanted in the book to make it edgy. Edgy. Quote-unquote edgy. More girl. Like, we have girl and girl. You've got male-male. You've got an abused Jewish girl. Group sex. Group sex. Like, I feel like she just had this checklist of things she wanted to get in there to make it feel diverse. And it's, like, all squeezed in. It's just, like... I don't know. It doesn't. It didn't work for me. Yeah, I'm glad that we are finally through it, though. Yeah. Oh my God. They get back to Thunder Bay, and bitch, what happens? They, <laughs> we, we almost, I almost forgot about this part. I just looked at my notes, but I remembered. They have a group wedding. Yes, the group wedding. The fucking group wedding. Rika and Michael were supposed to get married, and their wedding turned into a fucking group wedding, and it was a surprise rise to all of the men but the girls knew and that's how will and emory get married and it's fucked up yes winter and damon hadn't been married they get kai and banks get a do-over because their original wedding was super rushed and not what they had wanted but like it felt very cringy to me i was like okay are we having a group wedding right now and then it was a group wedding and i was like oh okay Wow, we are here. It's this very rushed. That's your ending. Have... Yeah. This is what the people must have wanted. This giant group wedding. And I felt like Emery and Will needed more time to freaking connect. Because honestly, it hadn't been long. No, it really hadn't. It was weird. The whole ending of the series was weird. That brings us to our epilogue. So, like, well, okay, sort of brings us to the epilogue. I guess we should probably have, like, the final final scene before we go to the epilogue, right? Let's talk about yeah. that like, fight scene where that's where it's revealed that Will's grandpa was in on 
it the whole time. Michael, like, takes his father down, basically, and gets him out of the picture of Thunder Bay. Like, his father had been working against Michael this whole time. And Martin gets taken care of. Everyone, everything just kind of like, there's like one big conversation between all the powerful people and mm-hmm. they assert their dominance. They play their f- with Will's grandfather and it's like Martin and Michael, Michael's dad are taken over because they have been, because Ma- Martin and Michael's dad have been working together. And then we have that little girl too that just shows up. Did they ever talk about like where she came from? I don't. I think they might have, but I don't really remember. And I, I just really remember being like, "Wow, this is really convenient that Michael and Rika found a kid." <laughs> yeah, like some eight-year-old kid that like showed them the ropes of these secret underground tunnels that they discovered were part of Thunder Bay. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It was weird, like, so that girl, they, like, Michael and Rika ended up adopting her. I don't know where she came from. I can't remember, so my bad, everybody. But this random little girl, they end up adopting. Who was homeless. She, I mean, yeah, yeah, I don't know. She, it was very random, I don't know. And then, so, everything's great for these people in the end, of course. They all get their happily ever after. They're rolling Thunder Bay. Like, they all live next door to each other. It's just a big party for these people. And so that brings us to our epilogue. It's 10 years later. Everybody has a bunch of kids. There's a huge storm coming on Devil's Night. Banks is running for an office, right? She might have been. Rika. Girls in power. Yeah. And then they had like this meeting with this other, like the investor of their hotel or whatever that they own. Because the patriarch had died, and I believe they were connected to Rory or Micah. And the other thing, too, Michael and Rika ended up having a baby. They ended up getting pregnant, and so they, they had a newborn. It was 10 years later. They had a newborn. But they let their oldest daughter, who's 18, because it's 10 years later, sit in on their meeting and get a feel of like what she could grow up to do or whatever i don't know and they kept eyeing their daughter and like there's like this whole thing it was weird a whole thing of what their daughter yeah like they kept eyeing her because they wanted her and then they were like it's devil's night and they were going out to like i don't know i don't know it just was it was weird it was weird it was devil's night and then like they needed to protect their daughter from them and like (laughs) <laughs> I was just like, oh my god. Okay. They don't do all the crazy Devil's Night activities that they used to, but they do go and spend time together, which I thought was sweet. Yeah. Like, I I mean, when you say you're going to go out on Devil's Night, like, you imagine, like, they're 40 years old and, like, stringing up toilet paper. Oh, do some low-key adult stuff. It's but, interesting. I don't know. Yeah. So that, I mean, it pretty much sums up the loss of Devil's Night series. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Do, 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 do. <laughs> so will did he end he did not end up living up to our book husband did not live up to my book husband expectations at least honestly neither did he didn't end up 
living up to my book boyfriend expectations and that could be because i'm just done with the series yeah i was super over it yeah i was really hoping the best boy out of them all and it was gonna all be worth it and he was gonna be sweet and loving and like you know but it was just i was just so sad that he wasn't so sweet on emery right away like that i know he had some anger and frustration and um misplaced uh, feelings yeah he didn't know what the truth was and yeah i don't know well He's definitely not. He's not a book husband, not a book boyfriend for me. But I would not call him book garbage. Yeah, I wouldn't throw him in the garbage. I'm just indifferent to this guy right now. Spice rating. We have our spice acronym. We have S for sexual attention, P for penis pussy, I for intercourse, C for communication, and E for erotic kinks and tropes. Yes. So, there was some good buildup of sexual tension. Like, there was a full nine years between these two. And, yeah. Like, immediately you got his first thoughts about her is that he wanted to fuck her. <laughs> yes. I like that they did have sex back then, too. Mm-hmm. Unlike um, and Michael and Banks and Kai. Like, they, they had to wait all that time to finally get it in. But in this book, it was... They- together they knew what it was like to be together and then it was like nine years later that's to be together again and it wasn't too tensiony because they had done it together before, and then they do it together again and it was like almost right away that they started almost they did have to get over some of things before they started touching each other but it wasn't like happy touching i was pretty angry at first yeah yeah i mean ten- yeah so I give this tension like three and a half out of five tension. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would probably give it a two and a half in my opinion. Probably a two and a half pepper. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah out of fair. five. Two. Two and a half. Three. 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 Three for me. Three for me. And then that brings us to our penisless pushy. Pussy. Pushy. Uh, piece of our spice acronym. Do you want to read us a quote? I dropped my eyes and froze, staring at the other hard muscle standing down near upright, long and thick between his legs. This, I think, was when she was spying on him while he was in the showers after swimming in the pool. Mm-hmm. He was like, yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah. so that's, yeah, that's a little description. And here's another little description of Will's cock. <laughs> the thick head of his dick crowned my entrance, pushing inside just barely and i shifted uncomfortably he's a big boy he mentions that he's bigger than damon and yeah it's, it's like a comfort yeah i don't really have any quotes for intercourse but like i said there were like three group scenes and, and then, then you've got the the oral sorry. that he went down on her while the yeah during that group scene and then when younger they were intimate Halloween. It was like Devil's Night, right? I think because she was so. Maybe she was. No. Bruises. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then there's also what was that other thing that Thunder Bay celebrates every night or something like that, where they like leave a candle in their window. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. There's probably one of the more spicier books of the series. I feel like. Mm -hmm. She was like in her costume, and she didn't have to cover up all of her bruises and all of her will realized 
after they had had sex that it was not makeup. And he was like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> I wasn't she like, I think her brother like fucked her up. Like she was bloody. Like right before she went to that dance and met him there and they, they took off. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, at least it's Halloween. People will think it's just part of a costume. Right. So that was crazy. But then that brings us to you want to give us a quote for communication, Katie? Sure. So I quote, God, I want to knock you up. He said, rising up and looking down at me as he took out a condom. I want to ruin you. And let me just tell you, this was said in high school. He said this in high school. This gave me flashbacks to when I was in high school. Oh, my God. See? <laughs> it's That's something boys say. A healthy amount of breeding kink in this book, which I kind of it was like in the direction that I wanted Will to be going in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. Do you want to read our next one for communication? I quote, but you're going to be fucking mine someday, he growled. Come hell or hot. Hey, Scott, you're my woman and you're going to come home to me every day and sit at my table and warm my fucking bed. He kissed me. And you're going to give me a Will Grace in the fourth? Mark my words. Yeah, I liked that quote. I was like, yeah, that's a good quote. Well, good job. Yeah. He wants those babies. And they have, like, three. What I found funny on the note of babies, Damon. Damon had so many fucking kids. It was so funny. He came in so distressed. (laughs) From, like, in the epilogue, from his kids. Because he had so many. He had so many kids. Yeah, he kept trying for a daughter. I know. And he kept getting boys. And, like, what, they have, like, six kids? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. It was nuts. And she was, like, giving birth again. Or something like that. No, I don't think so. I think they were pretty much done. But he would keep trying if she wanted to. Oh, right. Or if he, like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was that interesting. Was it was so conflict. funny. Yeah, it was super funny. I I love that they met so many kids. It was like, yeah. he, had a whole, he had a whole baseball team. <laughs> that brings us to E for erotics, kinks, and tropes. We went over the breeding kink a bit already and the grumpy sunshine trope. But did was there anything else that you would like that's like erotic? Not really. I mean, there's like those small moments where they like pretend that I can't remember quite the quite what it was but like i'm just a boy and i'm just a girl like we can do this and be together there are no problems but other than that no that was it like there's a lot of group oral the little bit of reading we talked about yeah oh that out of all that what do you think your overall pepper spice reading would be for this book i'd give it like three and a half or four yeah i was thinking three i mean the group scenes kind of pushed me towards more of like the four personally just because yeah i don't know i think yeah i think that yeah that's right because there's also the girl on girl and the guy on the male male and it's definitely solid four it's been a while since we've done this i think a four is right solid four pepper spice but there wasn't or like sex clubs or like it wasn't like anything super rough yeah, or super sexy. There wasn't, like, sex all the time. Right. Right. But, but there was group play and dirty talk. I think four is a good spot for it. Yeah. That leads us to our star rating. How would you overall rate this book? I gave this book a three star. Yeah. 
I don't want to read it again. And I was disappointed. And Honestly, I didn't hate it, but it was fine. So three star. I'd give it two and a half, three star. It's impo- like, I was just annoyed a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, what about a series as a whole? What would you rate the series as a whole? The series as a whole, I think I would give it three and a half stars. I would just give it a simple three. Good old three as a whole. Yeah, I think a solid three and a half stars. Conclave didn't add much to it. My favorite was still the second one. The third book surprised me, but the fourth book was really disappointing. And the first book, you know, I didn't even want to read the second book after I read the first book. So, yeah, a solid. Yeah, I think a solid three, three and a half. I do think Conclave is important to read if you want more backstory of Alex and Aiden. Yeah, they definitely sneak it in there because I honestly didn't notice until you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so overall, the series, I give it a three. Yeah. Would not read again, though. No. I don't even care to, like, own the physical copies. Me neither. Yeah, that sums it up. Thanks for listening, and join us the next time when we read Her Wanton Wager by Grace Calloway. In that episode, we're going to be having a very special guest, and it's going to be our friend and author, Penelope Daniels. She writes super sweet, tender historical romances, and it was so much fun sitting down and talking with her. Yeah, it's going to be so great to talk to her again for our live when that episode comes out as well. But for this, we will be talking with you guys about how you felt on our Instagram for Friday Night Spice at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time this Friday so we can chat about this and so you can tell us all why we should love these books more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, try to convince us why we are wrong. (laughs) Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and do all the engagement things. Talking with you all and seeing what you think about these books and topics is why we are here. Don't forget, you can also find us on TikTok, Facebook, anywhere you can find podcasts, the WeTube, and YouTube. See you next week. Until then, stay stay 